Hello, and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence, Holy Family, and St. Joseph in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Dan Rhoda, and with me I have Father Eli Gieske. How are you doing today, Father Eli? Good. Yeah, pretty good. Good to be with you. Yeah. It's uh, good to be back. I was gone, was it two weeks ago now? Or a week ago now? Whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, is, is the initial, like, wave kind yeah. of, you're like, like okay, things like are caught settling. up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I'm just on track now, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's always good. Um yeah, I was I was saying you know need a need a vacation from my huh. like vacation. Yeah, um, which isn't that never how it works. No, but no, it's not. Um, well, uh, well, this is the the one hundredth episode. One hundredth episode. Yeah. Wow, we should celebrate. It's a it's 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 a you know a huge milestone. Big milestone. So um so yeah if uh if anyone's listened to all one hundred, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, you get a gold star. <laughs> um. <laughs> Um, but yeah, yeah, I kind of... That means we've been doing it for almost two years? Almost two years, yeah. I think I think it was started like September of 2019. Okay. Wow. Probably taking a couple weeks off. So yeah, September, like early, so early October. This, this was started pre-COVID, you're yeah. saying? Yeah. Wow. Pre- so, so it was providential. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it worked out really well just to, to be able to like... Connect with people. Have it. Mm-hmm. To connect with people and stuff. So... So, yeah. Do you, do you think our membership, uh, those who listen, is about the same the whole time? You know, it stayed really consistent, which I'm kind of surprised by. Yeah. Um, you know, there's probably some people, you know, new people listening. Some people probably, you know, f- fizzle out. Mm-hmm. I I, mean, I know for like me, when I listen to podcasts, I'll listen. I kind of like binge. like binge one yeah. for like a month or two, and then I don't listen to it for like three months. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, right, that exists. Sure. And I'll go back and listen to it. Sure, sure. I don't know if we're, we're, we're that exciting to listen to, but yeah, yeah. I, it'd be interesting to, to, to mm-hmm. see who our listeners are. I don't. Yeah, yeah. There's I've there's really... like um I, f- I feel like there's an av- like around an average somewhere between sixteen seventy people okay. that listen every week. Okay. So which which is which is cool. Like uh, which that's kind of you know ebbed yeah. and flowed over yeah. the last almost two years. Yeah. Well, to yeah. our listeners, we thank you and uh, thank you very much for coming and listening, and uh, we hope you enjoy the show. <laughs> I've been. I was talking to, uh, to Dan before that there, there's a Vietnamese family that I've gotten to know a little bit, and I was at their house on Sunday. So, uh, I, I just love pretending to speak in Vietnamese accent. So yeah. What's What's your favorite accent? My favorite accent. Like I, either just just to listen to or oh, to. I don't uh, know. I, I I probably. I probably do some kind of Irish or English sort of. I don't really, I can't really do accents, but that's probably what it sounds like to me um, that I will typically slide into sometimes. But mm-hmm. yeah, I. I that's when we know we have to cut off medians, is yeah. when, 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 when the anx- accents come in, we're yes. like, okay. It's getting we're too done. silly. <laughs> it's getting to be silly. It's time to leave. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, good. Um, well, we have, you know, a couple things kind of going around, uh, going on this week. Yeah. Um, I mean, one is kind of uh, an announcement that Faith Formation will be starting up yeah. in middle of September, middle of September I believe. Yeah. So um, so you can sign up today. Um, you could sign up for like the last month, but yeah. you can sign up today too. And uh, you can go on the website, catholicduluth.org, uh, and then there's a little Faith Formation tab. You can click that. 
And, uh, yeah, you can sign up there or else you can call the office and we can help you out there. Sure. Um, there's a, an event this next week um, yeah. called Well-Read Moms. Well-Read Moms. Uh, yeah, do you want to talk about that yeah, a little bit? Yeah, so it's actually interesting. A former person of mine is the founder of this, founderess. Uh, she um, basically wants to promote reading and how literature, good literature, forms us uh, in good ways. And so uh, she starts this, these groups and they're basically women who get together. It's not just moms, but it's women who get together and they read books and then they talk about them. And, um, but I think the talk on Wednesday is open to anybody. Even guys can go if they want. Uh, I'll, I'll, I think I'll be there. Um, it's an opportunity just to hear her perspective. Uh, she wrote a book actually on why literature is a good thing for us to read as, as people and how it forms us. And so I think that'll be probably the focus of her talk, but I, I'll be interested to see what she says. Um, yeah, so that that's happening Wednesday, uh, I believe it's seven or six thirty. I have to look at what the bulletin hidden sets, but um, yeah, so that's that's coming up. We also have uh, a parish picnic coming up around the corner, September eleventh. So it is nine eleven. So you know it's a, a day of for our country, obviously significant, but. Um, but it's also a day that falls on a Saturday this year, so we're going to do this picnic after the Saturday evening Mass at St. Lawrence. Welcome to anybody in the cluster, um, and it'll be it'll be just like a, an evening of fun, hopefully. So we'll have food, we'll have some games, we're going to have a beanbag tournament, so that should be fun. Yeah, there's a, a $5 buy-in yeah, in here, yeah. so I'm ca- gonna, I'm, cash prizes. I'm going to talk to Deacon John to see if he wants to be on my team have the clerics that's that was my t- team in the old days when i was on the beanbag team over in crosby so um we never did very well but <laughs> um yeah should be fun um i think the knights are going to help uh, make the food and and stuff so yeah i think there'll be some other games too i think the ladies were um getting together steph and Ginny were getting together yesterday to talk about it so um should be a good time so if you see the flyer, it's in the bulletin this weekend. Maybe think about coming and setting aside that at first Saturday after school starts. So it's a good time to get together. It'll be outside mostly. I think there'll be some things inside. I think they were talking about doing bingo inside or something. But anyway, tell your friends, come, enjoy, get back together. It'll, yeah. be, it'll be a good time. So Yeah. Uh, then uh, the last thing is that you're, 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 you're going to be gone on Saturday. I'm going to be on gone on Saturday. So I'm going down... My brother was married in January, and they're finally going to do their wedding reception uh, Saturday. So I'll be down there to um, be for be there for them. And Father Peter Lambert, who just retired this spring, is going to be subbing here. So you may or may not know him. He, I don't think he has recently been assigned in Duluth anyway, but he's from Duluth originally. So um, most recently he was up in Hoyt Lakes. Um, what is the other parishes of that cluster? Bawabic, White Lakes, and there's one other one, Aurora. Yeah, that's it. Okay. So it's just East Range, they call it. So, yeah. Yeah, so. good. Uh, well, well, this week, uh, the topic for discussion is, um, is this, is consolation and desolation. And consolation and desolation. Yeah. So. Discernment of spirits. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's, um, I, you know, this is kind of just like one part of a much bigger. Yeah thing mm-hmm. um which we can kind of maybe talk about that and like set the stage a little bit sure. but but so consolation and desolation um 
Yeah, so so it, like all this kind of comes from uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was the founder of the Jesuits in like the 1400s, 1500s? 1500s, yeah. So, 1500s and 1600s, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I, how like kind of familiar are with, with his story? And Yeah, I think, I, I, I would imagine many people are. I mean, yeah, he, he was a soldier, kind of went through his own experience of conversion and while he was laid up for many months after his legs were broken, or his leg was broken by a cannonball, which I'm like, wow, yeah. you're lucky you have your leg. It's kind of intense. Got, yeah. got hit by a cannonball. But anyway, um, he uh, had this conversion experience, and then he kind of noticed uh, through that this kind of pattern of thinking, which he kind of created uh, then the spiritual exercises, which part of it, a big part of it is noticing when I'm in, Consolation, I'm consoled, and when I'm in desolation, I'm desolated or kind of uh, not feeling great about life right now. So he really kind of tries to hone in on what, where this comes from, how can we use it um, to kind of understand what we need to do, what should our response be, all these kind of things. So he gives you rules for discernment. That's why it's called the discernment of spirits, because it's kind of recognizing that the enemy tries to have his say in our lives and also God is working and uh, inspiring us as well. So there's there's two sides. And so how do we avoid the evil one's influence and accept God's influence? So that's kind of his whole shtick. Um, and so it's very helpful, especially for those who are unaware of the whole reality or don't pay much attention to that whole reality. I think sometimes we're just so used to, I feel how I feel. And that's 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 it. That's all the deeper it goes. Instead of saying, why do I feel why I feel? Mm-hmm. And is there a way I can address how I feel? And so that's, I would say, we don't want to over-spiritualize it, um, and we'll get to that, I think, but um, but there is a spiritual element sometimes to how we're feeling, and recognizing that and being aware of that, I think, can really help people to, um, to not get caught up in the evil one's traps and, and so forth, so... Yeah, that's kind of the idea. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I found. Um, well, I I, w- I looked through a lot of different kind of definitions of consolation, desolation, mm-hmm. and um, uh, th- there was there was one that I found that was that I, I thought was was pretty good, just and kind of like explaining it. And so it talks about consolation is a gift of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. uh, who gives courage and strength, consolation, tears, inspirations, and peace. So, so that's kind of like like the fruits of the spirit, you know, to a certain extent. And then, um, so he does this by making like making things easy, kind of removing obstacles, uh, so that the soul goes forward in doing good. Which I thought that was kind of like a really interesting like part of it. Mm-hmm. Like like God almost like kind of takes obstacles away, uh, so that the soul goes forward in doing good. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, the consolation is. Um when we're consoled spiritually, we feel usually pretty good or um, we're at least aware of, of God's presence. Like we're not, we're not being caught in, in the webs of the evil one. So yeah, that's, that's good. Did you find a good one for desolation? As well? um, yeah. Yeah. So desolation. Um, uh, so it's caused by the evil spirit who is apt to harass with anxiety, to afflict with sadness Mm-hmm. And to raise obstacles, backed by fallacious reasonings that disturb the soul. Yeah. So like, yeah, just kind of the ending there too, like disturbing the soul. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. yeah, that's like an fallacious being like 
bad reasoning or whatever. Like he, yeah, yeah, he, with with Ill, Ill, Ill intent. Yeah. So right. he he tries to trick us or or make us feel like these feelings are never gonna go away. You know, you you better. Um, I think I think Aquinas talks about when we're in desolation, we often in our bodies kind of long for like the lowest things that will try to bring us like food we look we seek food or we seek like sexual pleasure or other pleasures or or um we kind of get lazy we you know we we kind of go to these base desires um and that's often how we deal with desolation if we're not aware of it so that's one of the tricks of the evil one is to try to push us towards those base let our not not our intellect guide us but our um our desires guide us and so uh, our desires aren't always bad but in dark moments a lot of times they're distorted or we have to kind of discern is this is this a good thing to do yeah yeah and um like now you say that too it, it kind of makes you think like yeah like a question for us to be like yeah what do i follow like most of the time like what kind of like leads me um because and if we're in a state of consolation where there's you know there's not really a lot of obstacles and it's kind of easy to do the good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of what we desire. Yeah. So it, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But when we're in desolation and like our soul is disturbed by like the evil one, then it's hard to do the right thing. Yeah. And we kind of want to do the bad thing sometimes. So, so, so that like, that's where our desire is. And so right. it's, it's easier to. Yeah. And so the whole idea of having this discussion is to help people deal with, well, probably with desolation and how to stay in consolation, probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of the goal. So. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think, yeah, th- 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 this might be a good kind of spot to talk a little bit about. Let's like, what is consolation, desolation, and what isn't consolation, desolation? And I mean, consolation is kind of the easy one because it's just like, um, like, it's, yeah, it's just easy, things are good. And you, you don't really have to like worry about it, right? But desolation is more of the one where it's like, oh, we kind of have to mm-hmm. like worry about this. And and uh, and th- th- there could be some days where it's just like, oh, man, I, you know, I just woke up on the wrong side of the, the bed today. Like, you know, there's kind of like those those like um, phrases, um, and it's just like, you know, I'm just having a bad day. Sure. And it's like, okay, well, is that desolation or maybe like you didn't eat well or sure, you know? Yeah, and it's it's good to uh, it's good to kind of look at. Why, you know, to, to explore why am I feeling the way I'm feeling, you know, to take that step back. Because like we said earlier, oftentimes we just react, right? We just, we're hungry or we're angry or we're whatever. And so we just do something instead of saying, why am I angry? Why am I hungry? Why am I tired? Why am I feeling anxious or whatever? Um, and so it's good for us to take that step back and try to discern is there something spiritual here? Or is this merely, no, you haven't eaten all day. That's why you're hungry. <laughs> you haven't slept very well or you haven't had the time to sleep. So that's why you're tired. Um, you know, so paying attention to these things, um, we can discern, is this merely a physical thing, a physiological thing, or is this a spiritual thing that I should pay attention to? Because the evil one will use, if we are tired, if we are hungry, he will use those times when we're naturally weaker in a sense or more susceptible to the base desires 
he will use those things to kind of push us that way. So um, those are kind of like opportune moments to attack us. And so because we won't really notice it in the same way, right? If we're feeling good, if we're in consolation, we're much, it's easier for us to kind of shed or push away temptation or evil desires from the evil one or, or um, things like that. When we're in a weakened state, whether it's because of our physiological, like lack of food, lack of sleep, um, been anxious, overworked, tired, all these things, um, we're just an easier target. So, I mean, that's part of why it's good to have a balanced life and to take care of ourselves and all that because it puts us in a better place to, to have uh, the right disposition to make a good decision or to respond correctly to things in our life. Yeah, yeah, kind of the grace builds on nature. Mm-hmm, exactly, yeah. Yeah, so so like if we do find ourselves being in desolation or if, if somebody's listening to this right now and they're like, I don't know, like am I in desolation? <laughs> I'm, I'm desolate. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe like, uh, like what does that like feel like feel like mm-hmm. and how, like how does somebody kind of diagnose that they're in desolation yeah yeah it's a good question i i think one thing is to yeah kind of check through um you have to ask that question why am i feeling this way and if, if you don't have a good reason like i don't i've gotten enough sleep i've had i'm, I'm eating well i'm taking care of myself and you don't see anything there, um, is there something that's kind of been eating at you or whatever? Um, or, or you know, maybe I have sinned. Maybe I've, I've, maybe I've been struggling with some sin or whatever. And so uh, even though I'm doing all these other things, there's this, this struggle in my life that whether it's a habitual sin or just a now and then sin or whatever, um, that can be a door by which the evil one tries to influence us then and, and make us feel... Uh, you know, poorly or, or start to worry about something. So he, I think one way to diagnose is if there's nothing, no other good answer to why I'm feeling this way, that might be it. Um, and then to, to recognize what are the thoughts and kind of try to pay attention to what are the thoughts and are they accusatory? Are they, when you look, when you, when you step back from them, do they, do they sound kind of like the evil one? Cause he's kind of, he's got a pattern of how he speaks you know, uh, if we haven't sinned, he's often trying to like push us like, you you deserve this little break or you deserve this little sin or you deserve this little whatever. Like he tries to push us away from to do what we're supposed to do and, and to do something we're not supposed to do, whether it's a sin or just not doing our duty in the day or, or not being caring for somebody else, but taking care of ourselves or being selfish or whatever. So he kind of pushes us to do the wrong thing. Um, and if we haven't done it, it's in that form of temptation. Um, and if we have sinned, then he's often the accuser of like, you're a bad person. You're you're never going to get over this. You're terrible. Um, how could you do this? God is never going to forgive you. Your friends, if they ever find out about this, you're going to be ostracized, whatever. So he'll use like, depending on what where we are, he'll kind of push mm-hmm. a cer- certain way. Um, so to kind of pay attention, what is the voice in my head saying? Or what are my thoughts saying? What are they focusing on? Are they are they motivated? Am I being motivated out of fear, anxiety, anxious? Um, am I am I being kind of motivated by my sadness? Is that that's often where the evil one comes at us. He he speaks from those places. Um, the Lord speaks from what brings you joy. What what's going to bring you happiness? 
uh, wh where are you finding peace? Like he kind of comes from the other side of the coin. So to notice what is what's not not only what's being said or what are, what am I thinking, but also like what's the motivation of the thoughts, if that makes sense. Yeah. So it takes yeah. a little bit. You kind of have to get a sense of it and and be aware of how does the evil one usually attack and how does the Lord speak to me. So. Um, yeah, I don't know yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I want to talk a little bit about, like, what that looks like like in prayer, too. Because mm -hmm. I think, um, like, there's definitely consolation, desolation, like, like what, like, whatever's going, kind of going on inside of us. If we, like, bring that to prayer, like, there's sometimes when we're in consolation, then it's just like, man, I just was able to, like, sit there and just, like, think about God for, like, three hours, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. And then there's other times where you're like you're in a like kind of a state of desolation. You're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to try to like pray. I'm going to try to you know do this, and you know five minutes goes by, and you're just like, I, this has been an hour. Like this, yeah. Like <laughs> five minutes is an hour. That doesn't. Yeah, yeah. And th you just it can be like really dry, and just God feels far away. And mm -hmm. that's kind of like I guess, like for me, like the image of like, like our like souls like kind of like desolate, like God isn't there. Like that, that's what it mm -hmm. feels like. The desert. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's important too to make the distinction that like Jesus was always in consolation. So Jesus went through some hard things. Like he was never he was tempted by the devil, but the devil never got like a grip on him, right? So he was always free from um from desolation in the in the in the in the true sense of the word. Uh he had difficulties and he had struggles, but he was always in consolation. He was always knowing that his identity was the Son and, and being close to the Father and, and the Holy Spirit. So um, so when we're experiencing temptations or difficulties or hardships, that doesn't mean we're in desolation. It just means that those are happening in our life. Um, the consolation desolation is more of a spiritual state. Um, where am I at? And, and so um, in prayer, when we are praying, um, just because I'm having distracted prayer doesn't mean that I'm in, in desolation. It just means that maybe the Lord is is inviting me to grow in my desire. So, um, so we have to kind of be careful how how we um, how we describe things. But I, I would say in general, when we're in desolation in prayer, prayer is difficult, and prayer is probably not feeling a lot of like. Oh, I love this, or this is like consoling to me, and and I I'm getting a lot out of it. It's more like a work. Like I'm here, I'm trying not to be distracted. I'm trying not to focus on the fears or the things, and um, sometimes reflecting on where we're at and the feelings that we're having can turn that desolation into consolation if we start to recognize, oh, okay, God is in this. Um, but um, it, it, it's definitely something where we, it's going to be a struggle, right? It's not going to be mm -hmm. a peaceful holy hour. It's not going to be a peaceful experience. And so when we're desolate, um, there's sort of that heaviness. Yeah. Wasn't there something about like um, Mother Teresa that she was in like a, like desolation for like a long period of her life or, yeah. or like like a spiritual desolation yeah so she we, we can talk about um the dark night of the soul and this dark night of the senses this is kind of like mystical speak so i don't know if it makes sense to people but in, in a sense 
God, at a certain point, for some people, when they're progressing in the spiritual life, he will kind of pull back. And so there'll be this the feeling of darkness, the feeling of like aloneness, but it's basically the Lord inviting us to experience and share with him his own dark night of, you know, like the Garden Gethsemane, that sort of thing, where we can share with the Lord in his desolation. So he sort of shares that experience with us. And so it's not that he's abandoned us. The reality is he's invited us into a deeper intimacy. I'm I'm inviting you to share with me what I experienced for you. And so, um, but the experience of it is very dark. And so he doesn't give that to souls who are you know, not ready for it. It's, yeah. it's sort of like an advanced thing. And sometimes people say, well, I'm I'm so far in the uh, spiritual life that I, I'm in the dark night of the soul. And so the, they'll kind of over-spiritualize things like, well, probably not. You, you, you still struggle a lot with mortal sins and things like this. You're probably not in the dark night of the soul. You're probably just dealing with desolation there. You know? Yeah. So yeah. we have to be careful. But um, yeah, Mother Teresa uh, experienced this darkness and it was, it was a, it was a, a long darkness. Like yeah, they say forty years or something. So, um, but in that, she had a close intimacy with God. It's just not the kind of intimacy that we would seek or want. And it's not something that she wanted necessarily either. But she accepted it, and in, in a sense, not my will, but your be, yours be done. And so she, mm-hmm. she went with it, and and through that, um, God really grew her desires and her her spiritual life I'm, I'm sure grew a lot through that experience so um yeah it can get a little hairy when mm-hmm. we start to make all these fine decisions or distinctions um but for most of us we probably don't have to worry too much about like the dark this, night is this the dark night of the soul or the dark night of the senses so the sense is more the bodily experience um just kind of like uh, my i no longer take joy in the simple things of life like what used to bring me consolation, a good meal, a beautiful sunset, it just doesn't have that same richness anymore. Um, dark night of the soul is more like I, interiorly, I just feel abandoned. I just feel like I'm in the desert, and there's just not a lot, not a lot of uh, interaction going here, and, and it's 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 sort of a feeling of abandonment. So, um, whereas desolation is is simply I'm in this place where I've I'm being attacked by the evil one and he's kind of got a hold on me to some degree because I've I'm I'm wrestling with is this true or is this not true is what I'm kind of wrestling with and so to be able to, to say that this is not true you can actually move from desolation to consolation if we have the tools to kind of recognize the attacks of the evil one and say these are lies and they're not from God. They're coming from the evil one. So I don't have to. I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to be caught in this cycle of fear or anxiety or whatever. And we can step out of it. But if we don't have those tools and we merely feel those experiences, then we're kind of caught there, and we don't have a way out, right? So that's kind of the the tool of uh, spiritual discernment is that we can we can recognize the attack and address it for what it is, rather than just saying this is true. I am a bad person. I will never change. I whatever the, whatever lies the devil is fe- feeding us, we can diffuse those things and get out of it in a sense. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. it takes us days or several times of prayer or wrestling with this particular fear or thing 
whatever it is, to kind of recognize that, like, oh, this is actually a spiritual attack. It's not something I have to worry about. Um, and and we might have to re keep reminding ourselves of that or keep going back to that, like, no, this is a lie, because the devil knows us, and he often attacks us where we are weakest. Um, and so we kind of have to keep reiterating, no, that's a lie that the devil tries to use on me. Um, so for most of us, there's probably one or two areas where he really knows us to be weak, and so he he will go to that place to try to attack us. So, Yeah. Yeah, and um, I want to talk a little bit about, like, because some people might be listening to this and be like, ah, oh, desolation, like, there's some parts of it that sound a lot kind of like just depression mm-hmm. or um, yeah. like having, like, some maybe like even just symptoms of like mental health right right, right. which um which has become like a, a pretty big and common thing in the world today yeah so so i want to talk a little bit about even just maybe if you've had like experience like working with with, with people where um they're trying to like i don't like figure that out yeah. um but then also like how, how people can also like um kind of figure that out for themselves because you know if they're you know if, if somebody might be struggling with some sort of like depression but then it's just trying it's almost like over spiritualizing it yeah um but then if somebody is just going through desolation is it kind of like under spiritualizing it and like yeah. where like that balances and how you kind of like figure that out yeah yeah it's, these are great questions and um yeah so maybe just to start with depression is a physiological thing so it affects our body it's a Sometimes it's a chemical thing that needs to be balanced, and so maybe you can take something to help us with that. Um, it's it's often brought on by an experience that we have, um, and so but there's a, there's a bodily component to it, whereas desolation is merely a spiritual attack, right? It's a it's coming from the evil one. So questions to be pondered would be how long has this been going on? You know, this depression or this feeling of kind of being low. You know, is this something that was brought on by an event or something, or was it kind of a gradual thing? Or you know, so you're when you're taught when you're walking with somebody, you're trying to discern with them where what's the cause of this? Is this a physiological thing or is this a spiritual thing? And so that's one of the things we want to ask. And sometimes it can be helpful to talk to a counselor or a priest or a spiritual director or somebody like that that's versed in being able to to look at these things. Um, I'm not trained in the depression side of things. I'm not a counselor, so I can't, I don't diagnose those things necessarily, but I can get to the point where I say, well, I don't know if this is a spiritual thing. I think this is something else, and maybe you need to talk to uh, a counselor or, you know, a specialist in this area. Um, but so you, you're going to look at where is it coming from, what, how long has it been going on, what triggers it if it's something that comes and goes, you know, those kinds of things. Um, and they can be interrelated, right? So it could be some of both. It could be one brings on the other or, or vice versa. So um, to, that's often the challenge with something like mental illness is uh, there might be not just mental illness, but layered on that there might be um, depression or other things, right? Other struggles. And so when you're dealing with somebody who has mental illness, um, often one of the biggest challenges is they don't want it to be mental illness, which understandable, right? Because if there's a, if it's if it's a simpler 
explanation for something else, like, oh, this is just depression or this is desolation, or they can spiritualize it and say, yeah, it's it's just a it's a demonic attack, and that's why mm-hmm. I have these things. Like, okay, but if that's if you can rule those things out and say, well, there seems to be some thing that's not explained by all these spiritual things, and a lot of times people with mental illness will cling to this and say, no, no, it's not mental illness. I don't want to be treated like I'm mentally ill, because there's that stigma, right? Mm-hmm. And so instead of reaching out and really seeking help, that might be pretty easy and fairly accessible. They'll just keep doubling down on the, it's a spiritual attack, it's, and they'll spiritualize it, spiritualize it, spiritualize it, instead of it dealing with, maybe I could get some help here on the mental health side, and it, I could my quality of life could be better. So it's, it is a struggle sometimes of, to help people because, um, and you can go both ways, right? So sometimes people who are not necessarily spiritual, maybe they're not Christian or not believers, they will be under attack by the de- by the devil, right? A lot of times the devil doesn't bother those people that much because they're not really a concern, right? They are kind of, in a sense, in, in the bag already because they're, they're not trying to be faithful to God or follow God or anything. So why spend energy attacking these people? But maybe they're trying to m- make some changes in their life and so the devil can attack them so that they get discouraged and just stop making those changes, whether it's to quit drugs or alcohol or whatever it is. Um, so anyway, we can go to that extreme where we we don't believe in God or we don't put much stock in that, and so we kind of poo-poo any spiritual component. Or on the other side, which we were talking about before, where it's I over-spiritualize it and I don't want to look at the the physiological side, the what what might be there. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. But, yeah. Do, um, I guess, like, do, do you think that there's, I mean, they're like kind of maybe cultural-wide there like is that kind of stigma of mental health and I mean maybe we're kind of starting to get out of that but like yeah. within the church do you, do, you, do you see that as like a big kind of barrier where people are just like oh just like just pray it away or yeah like, yeah I, th- I think it is um I think it's a challenge for people there there definitely is, seems to be at least a stigma like people don't want to be categorized as mentally ill which I can understand right um because there's a certain connotation that we all maybe for good or for ill, have there like are like preconceived like oh so like oh like, don't believe they're, anything they say they're mentally ill you know like there's a lot of people who have little little bit of mental illness probably most of us deal with it to some degree in some fa- form or fashion so it kind of depends on how you categorize it but if it's diagnosable and it's um, one of the disorders or you know like um, you know that's that can be a big change in your life if you can get some help and say, this is what it is, and this is how it can help, how we can help you. That can really help them function much better in, in their lives and, and, and bring them some freedom. So I think that is a challenge of people in the church. People in the church who are living their faith tend to over-spiritualize when they struggle with mental illness. Um, and that's it's might been my experience that oftentimes they'll go to that, it's a spiritual thing rather than um, looking at the physiological side. And that's not a bad thing to look into that at first. I'll, oftentimes, like I said, usually there's often a component of both involved in there. But um, if you refuse to look at one or the other, you're kind of taking something off the table that could be the decisive thing to help you function better. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and uh, this might be a little kind of something to wrap us up, but. Um, 
but I've I've heard multiple times like to um not make like a big life decision mm. when you're in like desolation. Yeah. Cuz cuz that could be something that where uh yeah, like you know if you're thinking about making like uh, like a change for, for the better or making like a like a big like move mm-hmm. or career change or something mm-hmm. you know, that, that 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 could be that will probably like be really good for you. And then if the like evil one starts to like kind of like attack that, mm-hmm. um, could, um, or or you know if if things get hard, you're like oh well I, I mean, I'm just gonna do this, I'm just gonna quit, or mm-hmm. or even maybe like the other way around, where yeah. you're like oh maybe I'm gonna just like make a I'm gonna drop out of college or yeah, I don't know big, make big change. Yeah, no, that's that's a a good rule of thumb in the spiritual life to not make big decisions when you're in desolation because when you're in desolation, basically the idea is you're not thinking clearly. You're not on a good. You're not in a good place to make a good decision. Um, I mean, you can think of uh, the situation just on a practical level, like a mother who's taking care of like four kids and their little kids. And uh, if you think like making decisions at the beginning of the day before the kids are awake, if if there is such a time, <laughs> uh, okay, that might be a good time to decide things for the day, versus like. It's the afternoon, the kids are going crazy, you're kind of stressed, you've been working hard to do like laundry and all these things all day long, you've been busy, 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 and you've got other stresses coming in, and in that moment, you're probably not in a good state of mind to make a big decision. Now, that's just on a very practical level, uh, not a good time, so that's an example. Now, Now, fast forward that experience for months, you know, um, this compounds, right? It, get, it gets difficult. And so you can imagine where somebody might be stressed, overworked. Uh, they're just not in a good place to make a good decision for themselves or for others. And so, you know, we have to, do, we have to work within the bounds that we have. So sometimes, like, uh, you know, our mortgages come and do or whatever, and we got to make a decision. So you got to make a decision. But in, in the best of worlds, we don't want to make a decision when we're in desolation, meaning um, wait until you're in consolation to, to make a decision. And I would say this is especially true uh, when you're discerning like vocation, um, when you're discerning uh, you know, the question of marriage or the question of um, a big job change that's going to like entail moving my family across the country or something like this. You know, these kinds of things, you don't want to worry too much like about am I going to have ham or turkey today for lunch like that doesn't need to be in consolation you can just decide that one but these big life decisions um, to be basically am I hooked into the Holy Spirit and God speaking to me or am I hooked into the the devil and his does he have my ear right now Uh, if at all possible we don't want to make a big decision while we're being subjected to the uh, lies the attacks and the abuse of the evil one much rather would be in the grip of God and, and hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit guiding us and, and, and showing us what, what he has planned for us. So that's kind of the, the general principle. Who, who am I hooked into? And um, we don't want to be misguided in those big decisions because that's going to lead to a lot of heartbreak. Uh, it's not going to lead us necessarily to God's plan for us, so it can be 
a problem. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I, I got married to this person and I might have been in desolation or whatever, like, like don't, don't freak out, but just learn from that experience and say, okay, where am I now? What, how, do I, how do I plug into the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to guide me and, and try to seek that consolation? And, um, basically, that means trying to get in a state of grace, understanding maybe that there's a spiritual element to my life and that the evil one has got a plan and he's going to kind of push me off course and I need to pay attention to God. That's why the whole idea of like living our faith is important. Going to Mass, receiving the sacraments, receiving the Sacrament of Reconciliation, receiving the Eucharist, reading the Scriptures, all of that, the prayer life, all of that is to help us have access to consolation and to live in the Lord, so um, to keep us on track. So that's kind of a premise that kind of goes with all of this, and we don't always talk about that as, as Catholics, but that's, that's one of the most important things of, of having a regular spiritual life, is that we're connected to the right source right um, yeah yeah well good stuff yeah yeah thanks father eli hopefully we didn't go too deep but get lost <laughs> in it all uh yeah well i mean yeah ho- hopefully that's that's helpful for you know some people out there and you know yeah kind of can can prompt us to to think more about like okay yeah what how am i feeling and like why am i yeah why am i feeling that maybe maybe i just make one i probably recommended this before, but there's a book called Spiritual Discernment by um, Father Gallagher, Father Timothy Gallagher. It's a purple book, or at least the last printing that I ever saw was a purple book. Um, He's got a number of books on different elements of the spiritual life, but that might be a good introduction. There's also, if you're unformed, there's a series of talks by the same Father Tim Gallagher, um, where there's a host that kind of asks some questions, and they kind of go through the talks about the different rules of discernment. Either of those would be a really good source to, to start to try to understand this whole thing if it's all, like, new to you or you haven't heard anything about it. So Yeah, yeah, good, good. Uh, well, yeah, thank you, Father Eli, and thank you, everybody, for, for listening. Uh, yeah, this will be it for today's episode, and we will catch you again next time.